Back some 40 years ago when corporate downsizing uh, began as a phenomena, there was a lot of stigmatized uh, sentiments about not only the company that was doing it, but the employees that were impacted. A lot has changed since then, and Joyce and I, we jump into a conversation about why downsizing not only is here to stay, but it no longer carries that negative stigmatization of somehow not doing something right. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but uh, more often than not, it's just the natural evolution of an organization shifting, changing to the market, uh, and it's a normal process. So what hasn't changed is getting it right. And Joyce and I spend a fair amount of time today talking about what has worked in our past that still rings true today. So uh, come on in, grab a snack, welcome. Hello, buenos dias. Buenos dias, mi amiga. Sí, estoy en México. Bien, bien, bien. I'm in Mexico, people, and honestly, when I get caught between two languages, I get kind of uh, dumb, <laughs> as in I just can't think in either language, so voy a tratar. Um, I do love speaking Spanish. Spanish wrong, is a great language. <laughs> I'm kind of brave. I don't care if I say things wrong and everybody laughs and on we go. I once um, acted out a sewing machine bobbin. Now, many people may not even know what that is, but it twirls the thread. And I was twirling oh, around yeah. talking about ELO, and I can even act out technical things. So there. Anyway. So. So. What are we talking about today? Well, here's what's been on my mind, and I hesitated to bring it up. I want to say I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I may be sure how I feel about it, and that's downsizing. Yeah. Or right-sizing, or letting people go because you screwed up in managing, or letting people go because you're a scaredy cat. <laughs> I guess I have some strong feelings. You do have some strong feelings. Yeah, it's, you know, I, so let's let this roll. Um, you know, I, I think my position on downsizing has changed over the last 15, 20 years. Um, and let me explain. I think uh, it became an easy out to correct a problem within the organization, right. sometimes, oftentimes created by poor management. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's the, the the merging of two companies where you end up with not only some synergies, but a little bit of overlap. And extra. The, extra. Yeah, extra. And with the pressure of the market, you just can't let that correct itself over a number of years. So. I've gone from thinking that it, it, it is a toxic destroyer of cultures uh, to have a, a kind of a reoccurring reduction in force. Um, today, I'm I'm one. I'm I'm realistic to, that there are some situations that warrant uh, uh, adjusting your uh, you know your employee population. Um, you know, there's so much changing in the markets and you were on top two years ago and now you're barely able to go along. So I, I, I understand that that kind of ebbing and flowing of the size of an organization needs to happen. And in this day and age where it's kind of a free market, 
people are all free agents. People can leave companies. People can come into companies. I, I feel the stigma is kind of worn off. So there you have it. I don't know if that squares with what you just shared, but. Well, uh, no, I don't know if it does or not, except that. Um, I think sometimes we tout our businesses as being a family or being. Yeah. Uh, we, we get way too, I think, honestly, personal and emotionally connected. And we think that's a good thing. I, I think there, I, and so I would say a business is a business. It needs honest, just, fair interaction. You're going to have a couple of people that you're very close with, but it is not a family. It is yeah. a business. And I do usually, I used to feel that it was management's taking their eye off the ball, that they let the company get bloated. Um, we have too many dynamics in the in the field to say that. Yeah, now. you know and it's 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 interesting. I I was working with a fairly large size company that was family owned. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I'm gonna put one finger up to remember what I was gonna say. Okay, you got it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to get it out so you don't lose it again. What? what okay, do you I will. Say? I said, what would, when it's national and international impact, what kind of government geek am I to think, what if there were uh, automatic um, common salaries paid for a common period of time and that the business didn't set it, but the country did in order yeah. to balance throughout? Because I did a team building in uh, the Netherlands and I had nine people in the room, <laughs> and they loved it. And then six of them said, oh, we wish we were going to be here <laughs> <laughs> to work. I said, what do you mean? They said, oh, we've been laid off, and we're going into retraining. And so um, they never told me that, but there Go was team. there's an approach that uh, you take people, anyone who loses their job goes into training for another uh, government-paid for stuff that's needed going forward, like technology. So there's no um, big scare. It's not comfortable. It doesn't pay as much. And there's opportunity at the end of it. So yeah. that's sort of what I was going to say. Well, you're at the heart of where I was going to go. But uh, let me first say, you were talking about, you know, it's a business. It's not a family. I worked with a fairly large company that, was family owned. So the whole board of directors mm -hmm. were all family members. Oh, and they're the just playing crazy. Well, <laughs> they would probably agree with that, what you just said. But th they had this belief that we don't lay people off because we're family. We want to have a family atmosphere. We want to have a relationship. And that worked mm -hmm. with that worked for them for a long time. And then uh, call it the next generation coming in there was a realization that the organization knew when it was bloated and there was much dissatisfaction with the un inability to hit your numbers, the, the duplication of work. And so they, 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 they really kind of shifted uh, that, you know, and they wanted it both ways. We are a family owned business, but we are a business. And, and so they ultimately 
became part of the culture of uh, reductions in force. Um, a and, mid, uh, hmm? a mid-sized company that I know of that that's kind of jolly and collegial. Yeah, um, seventy-five people. Wade, because they did cut back. I don't know how many. I can't remember. But they talked a lot about everybody taking a certain percentage of cut. Yeah, that that yeah. would meet the need. And uh, they, I think they voted on it. <laughs> it came back. No, just okay. let <laughs> But that's also part of going. Hey, you know, I get to watch basketball. But um, well, you, you were just mentioning something about, and it seemed to be a, a, a European and EU model of retraining, and uh -huh, you go back uh -huh. into the pool. Uh -huh. I think at the heart of what you described is. Uh, so if it's a reality that we're going to have to part ways with workers, to me, it's all about how you do it uh, yeah. and how you communicate and how transparent and how helpful are you. So to me, I think the stigma of reduction in force is kind of gone uh, in yeah. the 21st century. Yeah. But what isn't gone is the toxic uh, potential of not doing it right. I couldn't um, agree more, and and you and I did a, a nice uh, one, really right. Yeah, and I we I, our listeners know that that was something that we feel particularly proud of uh, that that we did, and and the backdrop is I think a lot of companies are getting it right, uh, whether it's a, a, a communication plan, transparency, talking to key people in the organization to keep them in the saddle. Uh, it's the whispering, you know, I, I, the minute you have a company that's going to do downsizing, the air just gets sucked out of the company. It disappears oh, yeah. and they all know what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, no surprises. No, no surprises. Out of nowhere. The, you know, it, it's, oh gosh, this is a toughie. The more they yeah. know that this is coming, the more people can quit voluntarily. And that yeah. was one thing we did well was uh, a let people know that a cut was coming and then gave them some support, career support about do you want to stay? Do you want to go before the other before the decision was made for them? And yes. then every manager had to have a straight had straight talk with their people to say, Probably you're not going to ever be made an officer. Now, what would you like to do? You know, sort yeah. of like that. I remember that we trained oh, 150 people on a structure or a format for that conversation. That so, even if you weren't very good at it, you could not stink at it. <laughs> yeah, and and we we often bring Bill Bridges into our conversation about. Uh, you know, the impact of a significant change, and it happens over time. Uh, I think one of the other things that we did really well was to help people manage that chaotic middle, you know, being uh -huh. in the neutral zone, as as he called it. Uh, and, and so I think that's an important part. So there's what you do when you, leading up to the announcement, what you do for people impacted, people that stay. But whether you're coming or whether you're staying, there's still this murky middle where what existed is gone, what's ahead is no not there yet. 
And I, I think back to, and I'll uh, just kind of give an example. When, when we merged at Dell A's America, when we merged the three companies mm-hmm. uh, in, into one company with numerous brands, uh, one of my uh, roles was a project where I managed the people that were uh, asked to stay for a year, but ultimately were going to transition out. And we would meet, I believe it was every two weeks yeah. uh, in, in every location. And what, what became apparent pretty quickly is the people that we met with that were impacted, many of them were okay. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't like it, but it, we should have probably had as many <laughs> conversations with people that stayed that now feel they, they're doing twice as much work. Uh, how, do I really want to adopt all these processes? So I, 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 it's managing the process from beginning to murky middle to whatever you would resolution. describe as your new normal to resolution. Yeah, to resolution. And, but I think the thing that we are saying out loud is the process of changing size, right sizing based on external factors is just is. So the yeah. flu, it's like um, a muscle that needs to be trained so that it works well and it is part of the body. It's not this yeah. cataclysmic occurrence. And it does uh, unglue a, some kind of loyalty. On the other hand, there's the freedom of working because because you like the work, not because you're family, but but yeah. because you do good work together, and that knowing that just as teams come together and go go away, that that's fluidity is going to win. Yeah. So I think and a how lot do you keep changed. a culture? How do you keep a culture within that? And I think it can be done, and we can talk about that yeah. another time. I, but I think the fundamental way we're saying is. This kind of changing is going, it's here to stay. It is. Yeah. And the stigmatization of it for both the organization and the people impacted. If you remember 20, 30 years ago, if you were laid off or reduced in force, right. you, you were somewhat damaged goods. Okay. What, 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 what about you that they put you out first? Uh, and, and because that's, it that's was family, and because it was family and incredible brand loyalty, it hurt yeah yeah hurt i i know people that were at the executive level who have still are hurt and enraged yeah that it happened and how it happened yeah. so it's here to stay how to get better at it we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> figure that out with all of your help <laughs> <laughs> oh, us, and that's true what worked we, yeah yeah we, we'd love to hear your stories um what what I would leave our audience with, and I, I'm not sure it's as true now as perhaps it was before. Oftentimes, leaders make the mistake of thinking that once you make the announcement and it happens, that somehow they want to turn that corner pretty quickly that, okay, it's out of the way. Let's get back to work. Let's get back to business. And that is as damaging to the organization as the actual announcement. So somehow the patience and staying power to realize that the organization is going to take time to heal and get back together. And it begins with you, you know? Right. And so, and when they do it that way, who's, who's being made comfortable? Yeah. That's a great question. (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> okay, so if it's your topic, is there anything else that you'd like to share that's on your mind about it? Uh, that's me being quiet. I think the values that you tout when you're not doing a downsizing should be highly present when you are. And that openness and honesty does work. It reveals the rocks in the river and then you got to deal with it. So uh, something like that. I love it. I can't add to that. That's perfect. So let's say adios until the next time. Adios. No, adios. 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 Adios, amigas. Amigos. Sin H. Oh, Without boy. an H. Adios, mis amigos. <laughs> adios, and mis amigos. Till the next time. Hasta. I know what some of you may be thinking. Uh, in our last episode, we set the stage to interview Eric Watson uh, on diversity issues and schedules got a little bit conflicted, so we ended up postponing it, but we'll certainly do it. But thanks for listening to us today. We hope you enjoyed some of the tidbits to take away when your company is looking at having a corporate downsize. So until next time, be well and be safe.